Chapter 13, verses 18 through 30 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 18 through 23. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and a nun with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed unto the good ground, is he that heareth the word, and understandeth, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth, some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Gloss. He had said above, that it was not given to the Jews to know the kingdom of God, but to the apostles. And therefore he now concludes, saying, Hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower, ye to whom are committed the mysteries of heaven. Augustine, it is certain that the Lord spoke the things which the evangelist has recorded, but what the Lord spake was a parable, in which it is never required that the things contained should have actually taken place. Gloss, he proceeds then, expounding the parable, every man who hears the word of the kingdom, that is, my preaching which avails to the acquiring the kingdom of heaven, and understandeth not. How he understands it not is explained by, For the evil one, that is the devil, cometh and taketh away that which is sown in his heart. Every such man is that which is sown by the wayside. And note that that which is sown is taken in different senses. For the seed is that which is sown, and the field is that which is sown both of which are found here. For where he says, Carrieth away that which is sown, we must understand it of the seed. That which follows is sown by the wayside, is to be understood not of the seed, but of the place of the seed, that is, of the man, who is, as it were, the field sown by the seed of the divine word. Rigmigius. In these words the Lord explains what the seed is, to wit, the word of the kingdom, that is, of the gospel preaching. For there are some that receive the word of the Lord with no devotion of heart, and so that seed of God's word which is sown in their heart is by demons straightway carried off, as it were the seed dropped by the wayside. It follows, that which is sown upon the rock is he that heareth the word, etc. For the seed or word of God which is sown in the rock, that is, in the hard and untamed heart, can bring forth no fruit, inasmuch as its hardness is great, and its desire of heavenly things small. And because of this great hardness, it has no root in itself. Jerome, note that which is said, is straightway offended. There is then some difference between him who, by many tribulations and torments, is driven to deny Christ, and him who, at the first persecution, is offended, and falls away, of which he proceeds to speak, that which is sown among thorns. To me he seems here to express figuratively that which was said literally to Adam, 
amidst briars and thorns, thou shalt eat thy bread, that he that has given himself up to the delights and the cares of this world eats heavenly bread and the true food among thorns. Rabanus. Rightly are they called thorns, because they lacerate the soul by the prickings of thought, and do not suffer it to bring forth the spiritual fruit of virtue. Jerome. And it is elegantly added, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, for riches are treacherous, promising one thing and doing another. The tenor of them is slippery, as they are borne hither and thither, and with uncertain step forsake those that have them, or revive those that have them not. Whence the Lord asserts that rich men hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven, because their riches choke the word of God, and relax the strength of their virtues. Rigmigius. And it should be known that in these three sorts of bad soil are comprehended all who can hear the word of God, and yet have not the strength to bring it forth unto salvation. The Gentiles are accepted, who are not worthy even to hear it. It follows, that which is sown on the good ground. The good ground is the faithful conscience of the elect, or the spirit of the saints which receives the word of God with joy and desire and devotion of heart, and manfully retains it amid prosperous and adverse circumstances, and brings it forth in fruits, as it follows, and brings forth fruit, some an hundred, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Jerome. It is to be noted that as in the bad ground there were three degrees of difference, to wit, that by the wayside, the stony and the thorny ground, so in the good soil there is a threefold difference, the hundredfold, the sixtyfold, and the thirtyfold. And in this, as in that, not the substance, but the will is changed, in the hearts as well, of the unbelieving, as the believing received the seed. As in the first case, he said, then cometh the wicked one, and carry off that which is sown in the heart. And in the second and third case of the bad soil, he said, This is he that heareth the word. So also in the exposition of the good soil, This is he that heareth the word. Therefore we ought first to hear, then to understand, and after understanding to bring forth fruits of teaching, either a hundredfold or sixty or thirty. Augustine some think that this is to be understood as though the saints, according to the degree of their merits, delivered some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred persons, and this they usually suppose will happen on the day of judgment, not after the judgment. But when this opinion was observed to encourage men in promising themselves impunity, because that by this means all might attain to deliverance, it was answered that men ought the rather to live well, that each might be found among those who were to intercede for the liberation of others, lest these should be found to be so few that they should soon have exhausted the number allotted to them, and thus there would remain many unrescued from torment, among whom might be found all such as in most vain rashness had promised themselves to reap the fruit of others. Rigmigius, the thirtyfold then is born of him who teaches faith in the Holy Trinity, the sixtyfold of him who enforces the perfection of good works. For in the number six this world was completed with all its equipments, while he bears the hundredfold who promises eternal life. For the number one hundred passes from the left hand to the right, and by the left hand the present world is denoted, by the right hand the life to come. Otherwise the seed of the word of God brings forth fruit thirtyfold when it begets good thoughts, 
sixtyfold when good speech, and an hundredfold when it brings to the fruit of good works. Augustine, otherwise there is fruit an hundredfold of the martyrs because of their satiety of life or contempt of death, a sixtyfold fruit of virgins because they rest not warring against the use of the flesh, for retirement is allowed to those of sixty years age after service in war or in public business. And there is a thirtyfold fruit of the wedded, because theirs is the age of warfare, and their struggle is the more arduous, that they should not be vanquished by their lusts. Or otherwise, we must struggle with our love of temporal goods, that reason may be master. It should either be so overcome and subject to us, that when it begins to rise, it may be easily repressed, or so extinguished that it never arises in us at all whence it comes to pass that death itself is despised for truth's sake by some with brave endurance by others with content and by others with gladness which three degrees are the three degrees of fruits of the earth thirtyfold sixtyfold and an hundredfold and in one of these degrees must one be found at the time of his death if any desires to depart well out of this life jerome or the hundredfold fruit is to be ascribed to virgins, the sixtyfold to widows and content persons, the thirtyfold to chaste wedlock, id, for the joining together of the hands, as it were, in the soft embrace of a kiss, represents husband and wife. The sixtyfold refers to widows, who, being set in narrow circumstances and affliction, are denoted by the depression of the finger. For by how much greater is the difficulty of abstaining from the allurements of pleasure once known, so much greater is the reward. The hundredth number passes from the left to the right, and by its turning round with the same fingers, not on the same hand, it expresses the crown of virginity. Verses 24 through 30. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. In the foregoing parable, the Lord spoke to such as do not receive the word of God. Hear of those who receive a corrupting seed. This is the contrivance of the devil, ever to mix error with truth. Jerome, he set forth also this parable, as it were a rich householder, refreshing his guests with various meats, that each one, according to the nature of his stomach, might find some food adapted to him. He said not a second parable, but another. For had he said a second, we could not have looked for a third. But another prepares us for many more. Rigmigius here he calls the Son of God himself the kingdom of heaven. For he saith, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that sowed good seed in his field. Chrysostom. 
He then points out the manner of the devil's snares, saying that while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares in the midst of the wheat and departed. He here shows that error arose after the truth, as indeed the course of events testifies. For the false prophets came after the prophets, and the false apostles after the apostles, and antichrist after Christ. For unless the devil sees what to imitate, and some to lay in wait against, he does not attempt anything. Therefore, because he saw that this man bears fruit, an hundred, this sixty, and this thirtyfold, and that he was not able to carry off or to choke that which had taken root, he turns to other insidious practices, mixing up his own seed, which is a counterfeit of the true, and thereby imposes such as are prone to be deceived. So the parable speaks, not of another seed, but of tares, which bear the likeness to wheat corn. Further, the malignity of the devil is shown in this, that he sowed when all else was completed, that he might do the greater hurt to the husbandman. Augustine, he says, while men slept, for while the heads of the church were abiding in supineness, and after the apostles had received the sleep of death, then came the devil and sowed upon the rest those whom the Lord, in his interpretation, calls evil children. But we do well to inquire whether by such are meant heretics or Catholics who lead ill lives. That he says that they were sown among the wheat seems to point out that they were all of one communion. But forasmuch as he interprets the field to mean not the church, but the world, we may well understand it of the heretics, who in this world are mingled with the good. For they who live amiss in the same faith may better be taken of the chaff than of the tares. For the chaff has a stem and a root in common with the grain, while the schismatics, again, may more fitly be likened to ears that have rotted, or to straws that are broken, crushed down, and cast forth of the field. Indeed, it is not necessary that every heretic or schismatic should be corporally severed from the church, for the church bears many who do not so publicly defend their false opinions as to attract the attention of the multitude, which when they do, then are they expelled. When then the devil had sown upon the true church diverse evil errors and false opinions, that is to say, where Christ's name has gone before, there he scattered errors, himself was rather hidden and unknown, for he says, and went his way. Though indeed in this parable, as we learn from his own interpretation, the Lord may be understood to have signified under the name of terrors all stumbling blocks and such as work iniquity. Chrysostom. In what follows he more particularly draws the picture of an heretic. In the words, when the blade grew and put forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. For heretics at first keep themselves in the shade, but when they have long license, and when men have held communication with them in discourse, then they pour forth their venom. Augustine, or otherwise, when a man begins to be spiritual, discerning between things, then he begins to see errors, for he judges concerning whatsoever he hears or reads, whether it departs from the rule of truth. But until he is perfected in the same spiritual things, he might be disturbed at so many false heresies having existed under the Christian name. Whence it follows, And the servants of the householder coming to him said unto him, Didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? 
whence then hath it tares? Are these servants then the same as those whom he afterwards calls reapers? Because in his exposition of the parable, he expounds the reapers to be angels, and none would dare to say that the angels were ignorant who had sowed tares. We should the rather understand that the faithful are here intended by the servants, and no wonder if they are also signified by the good seed, for the same thing admits of different likenesses, according to its different significations. As speaking of himself, he says that he is the door, he is the shepherd. Rigmigius. They came to the Lord, not with the body, but with the heart and desire of the soul. And from him they gather that this was done by the craft of the devil. Whence it follows, and he saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. Jerome. The devil is called a man, that is, an enemy, because he has ceased to be God. And in the ninth psalm it is written of him, Up, Lord, and let not man have the upper hand. Wherefore, let not him sleep that is set over the church, lest through his carelessness the enemy should sow therein tares, that is, the dogmas of the heretics. Chrysostom. He is called the enemy on account of the losses he inflicts on men. For the assaults of the devil are made upon us, though their origin is not in his enmity towards us, but in his enmity towards God. Augustine, and when the servants of God knew that it was the devil who had contrived this fraud, whereby, when he found that he had no power in open warfare against a master of such great name, he had introduced his fallacies under cover of that name itself, the desire might readily arise in them to remove such men from out of human affairs if opportunity should be given them. But they first appeal to God's justice, whether they should do so. The servant said, Wilt thou that we go and gather them out? Chrysostom. Wherein observe the thoughtfulness and affection of the servants. They hastened to root up the tares, thus showing their anxiety about the good seed. For this is all to which they look, not that any should be punished, but that that which is sown should not perish. The Lord's answer follows, and he saith unto them, Nay, Jerome, for room for repentance is left, and we are warned that we should not hastily cut off a brother, since one who today, corrupted with an erroneous dogma, may grow wiser tomorrow, and begin to defend the truth. Wherefore it is added, Lest in gathering together the tares ye root out the wheat also. Augustine, wherein he renders them more patient and tranquil, for this he says, because good men, while yet weak, have need in some things of being mixed up with the bad, either that they may be proved by their means, or that by comparison with them they may be greatly stimulated and drawn to a better course. Or perhaps the wheat is declared to be rooted up if the tares should be gathered out of it, on account of many who, though at first tares, would after become wheat, yet they would never attain to this commendable change were they not patiently endured while they were evil. Thus were they rooted up, that wheat, which they would become in time if spared, would be rooted up in them. It is then, therefore, he bids that such should be taken away out of this life, lest in the endeavor to destroy the wicked, those of them should be destroyed among the rest who would turn out good, and lest also that benefit should be lost to the good which would accrue to them even against their will for mixing with the wicked. 
but this may be done seasonably when in the end of all there remains no more time for a change of life or of advancing to the truth by taking opportunity and comparison of others faults therefore he adds let both grow together until the harvest that is until the judgment jerome but this seems to contradict that command put away the evil from among you for if the rooting up be forbidden and we are to abide in patience till the harvest time how are we to cast forth any from among us but between wheat and tares which in latin we call lolium so long as it is only in blade before the stalk has put forth an ear there is very great resemblance and none or little difference to distinguish them by the lord then warns us not to pass a hasty sentence on an ambiguous word but to reserve it for his judgment that when the day of judgment shall come he may cast forth from the assembly of the saints no longer on suspicion but on manifest guilt augustine for when any one of the number of christians included in the church is found in such sin as to incur an anathema this is done where danger of schism is not apprehended with tenderness not for his rooting out but for his correction but if he be not conscious of his sin nor corrected by penitence he will of his own choice go forth of the church and be separated from her communion whence when the lord commanded suffer both to grow together till the harvest he added the reason saying lest when ye would gather out the tares ye root up the wheat also this sufficiently shows that when that fear has ceased and when the safety of the crop is certain that is when the crime is known to all and acknowledged as so execrable as to have no defenders nor not such as might cause any fear of a schism then severity of discipline does not sleep and its correction of error is so much the more efficacious as the observance of love had been more careful but when the same infection has spread to a large number at once nothing remains but sorrow and groans therefore let a man gently reprove whatever is in his power what is not so let him bear with patience and mourn over with affection until he from above shall correct and heal and let him defer till harvest time to root out the tares and winnow the chaff but the multitude of the unrighteous is to be struck at with a general reproof whenever there is opportunity of saying aught among the people and above all when any scourge of the lord from above gives opportunity when they feel they are scourged for their deserts for then the calamity of the hearers opens their ears submissively to the words of their reprover seeing the heart in affliction is ever more prone to the groans of confession than to the murmurs of resistance and even when no tribulation lays upon them should occasion serve a word of reproof is usefully spent upon the multitude for when separated it is wont to be fierce when in a body it is wont to mourn chrysostom this the lord spake to forbid any putting to death for we ought not to kill an heretic seeing that so a never-ending war would be introduced into the world and therefore he says lest ye root out with them the wheat also that is if you draw the sword and put the heretic to death it must needs be that many of the saints will fall with them hereby he does not indeed forbid all restraint upon heretics that their freedom of speech should be cut off 
that their synods and their, their confessions should be broken up, but only forbids that they should be put to death. Augustine, this indeed was at first my own opinion, that no man was to be driven by force into the unity of Christ, but he was to be led by discourse, contended with in controversy, and overcome by argument, that we might not have men feigning themselves to be Catholics, whom we knew to be declared heretics. But this opinion of mine was overcome not by the authority of those who contradicted me, but by the examples of those that showed it in fact. For the tenor of those laws in enacting which princes serve the Lord in fear has had such good effect that already some say, This we desired long ago, but now thanks be to God who has made the occasion for us and has cut off our pleas of delay. Others say, This we have long known to be the truth, but we were held by a kind of old habit. Thanks be to God who has broken our chains. Others again, we knew not that this was the truth and had no desire to learn it, but fear has driven us to give our attention to it. Thanks be to the Lord who has banished our carelessness by the spur of terror. Others, we were deserted from entering in by false rumors, which we should not have known to be false had we not entered in, and we should not have entered in had we not been compelled. Thanks be to God who has broken up our preaching by the scourge of persecution, and has taught us by experience how empty and false things lying fame had reported concerning his church. Others say, We thought indeed that it was of no importance in what place we held the faith of Christ, but thanks be to the Lord who has gathered us together out of our division, and has shown us that it is consonant to the unity of God that he should be worshipped in unity. Let then the kings of the earth show themselves the servants of Christ by publishing laws in Christ's behalf. Id. But who is there of you who has any wish that a heretic should perish, nay, that he should so much as lose aught? Yet could the house of David have had peace in no other way but by the death of Absalom in that war which he waged against his father? Notwithstanding, his father gave strict commands to his servants that they should save him alive and unhurt, that on his repentance there might be room for fatherly affection to pardon. What then remained for him but to mourn over him when lost, and to console his domestic affliction by the peace which it had brought to his kingdom? Thus our Catholic mother, the Church, when by loss of a few she gains many, soothes the sorrow of her motherly heart, healing it by the deliverance of so much people. Where then is that which those are accustomed to cry out, that it is free to all to believe? Whom hath Christ done violence to? Whom hath he compelled? Let them take the Apostle Paul. Let them acknowledge in him Christ first compelling and afterwards teaching, first smiting and afterwards comforting. And it is wonderful to see him who entered into the gospel by the force of a bodily infliction, laboring therein more than all those who are called by word only. Why then should not the church constrain her lost sons to return to her, when her lost sons constrained others to perish? Rigmigius. It follows, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. The harvest is the season of reaping, which here designates the day of judgment, in which the good are to be separated from the bad. Chrysostom. But why does he say, gather first the tares? 
that the good should have no fears, lest the wheat should be rooted up with them. Jerome, in that he says that the bundles of tares are to be cast into the fire, and the wheat gathered into barns, it is clear that heretics also and hypocrites are to be consumed in the fires of hell, while the saints who are here represented by the wheat are received into the barns, that is, into heavenly mansions. Augustine, it may be asked why he commands more than one bundle or heap of tares to be formed, perhaps because of the variety of heretics, differing not only from the wheat, but also among themselves. Each several heresy, separated from communion with all the others, is designated as a bundle, and perhaps they may even then begin to be bound together for burning, when they first sever themselves from the Catholic communion and begin to have their independent church so that it is the burning and not the binding into bundles that will take place at the end of the world. But were this so, they would not be so many who would become wise again and return from error into the Catholic Church. Wherefore, we must understand the binding into bundles to be what shall come to pass in the end, that punishment should fall on them, not promiscuously, but in due proportion to the obstinacy and willfulness of each separate error. Rabanus, and it should be noted that when he says sowed good seed, he intends that good will which is in the elect. When he adds an enemy came, he intimates that watch should be kept against them. When as the tares grow up, he suffers it patiently, saying an enemy hath done this. He recommends to us patience when he says, lest happily in gathering the tares, etc. He sets us an example of discretion when he says, Suffer both to grow together till the harvest. He teaches us long-suffering, and lastly, he inculcates justice when he says, Bind them into bundles to burn. End of chapter 13, verses 18 through 30.